Welcome back. You are listening to the second hour of the now extended two-hour CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making your relationships the best they can be. I am Maureen McGrath. I am hosting this show. I'm a registered nurse, a blogger at Back to the Bedroom, but I'm going to be relaunching that very shortly, so stay tuned. I write there all about the vaginal health. I'm going to be talking about vaginal health a little bit later on in the program. Lots of questions about that. Lots of wonder and worry about women's vaginas. This is a sex show, so hopefully you have put the children to bed in the first hour because listener discretion is always advised, especially because I'm giving out a lovely gift on this. Well, I think it's a lovely gift. I don't know. Hopefully you will too uh, on this hour of the show. Little love package from Momo. Uh, So it contains something for you and for him and for they, whomever you want to invite into your bedroom. I don't care. Go for it. Whatever floats your boat, whatever makes you happy, you go ahead and do it. Uh, So premature ejaculation is the number one. the number one sexual dysfunction in men, and it happens to about 99.9% of you. <laughs> no, I lie. It's 100%. Anyway, uh, so I have a new <laughs> new product for you. I'm going to tell you what else is coming up on the show, too, afterward. Um, so this new product for you guys uh, is a desensitizer. It's called Uxor, U-X-O-R, and it is a benzocaine gel. They're, they're all looking. <laughs> all the guys here in the studio <laughs> want, I'll give you guys free ones. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so she's may not want to have sex with you because it happened so fast. It, you, she doesn't even know what happened. Anyway, so for her, <laughs> she may have lost her sexual desire. So to increase sexual desire, I have for the lady in your life or for you ladies out there, if you want to increase your sexual desire, if he's yelling at you too much, you might not even want to. So anyway, it is called Zestra and it is a a plant-based botanical oil for you to uh, rub on your clitoris, as Dr. Ruth Westheimer used to say. (laughs) That would be clitoris in Momo terms. Uh, And also I have this, what every woman needs in her handbag is a high style for modern love, a stealthy lipstick vibe for the pet on the prowl. Uh, Anyway, this is a purple, like looks like lipstick and actually the best uh, vibrator will be one that has a vibrator and lipstick too, (laughs) because uh, that would certainly serve me well, size of my lips. Anyway, um, also I have my favorite sex toy. Well, it's just like a common thing you can do. And There's actually advice on how to do this in my book called Sex and Health, Why One Can't Come Without the Other. Uh, Do you get it? Uh, Anyway, the silver balls. So I have uh, yet another set of silver balls, and this is described in my book. (laughs) Uh, So that's in the package, too. Oh, and then there's some more um, packages of Zestra. There's like five because um, this is a huge problem. About half of women experience low sexual desire. And... You know, in relationships where they actually want to have sex with somebody, uh, often the treatment for low sexual desire is to just have somebody have sex with somebody outside of the relationship. That'll do it every time. Uh, anyway, so that's my little package this week. I just pulled that together from my desk. I have the best. I have the most fun desk <laughs> in the country. <laughs> it's usually. Um, filled with sex toys and things that I'm to try. I didn't actually get to try any this week. I'm being honest with you, okay? 
Normally I do. I had to fall back on the old standbys. Pun intended. <laughs> anyway, uh, I should not. I've been I've been advised not to laugh at my own jokes, and I'm trying not to. But anyway, when you're talking to yourself, <laughs> what else can you do? There's nobody else here to uh, laugh at you except the boys in the studio. So I have John on the line. Hello, John. John, are you there? Here. I'm here. Is it over, John? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fast. No, I didn't try that product. Oh, sorry about that. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Very good. <laughs> Was I, it good for you? <laughs> I didn't even notice it for crying out loud. <laughs> that, makes, that makes two of us, <laughs> the, All the more reason for a sex show. <laughs> right. Okay. So do you have a question for me, John? I, I most assuredly do. Where are you from, John? Delta. Delta. Oh, I was talking about Delta today. That I said that whole area out there. <laughs> Delta. Oh, okay. Tawasson. Richmond, Steveston, Langley. Yeah. You're all out there together, right? Um, well, it's like a whole well, big... I don't know. I've never been. <laughs> no, no, no. Delta is actually Sawasan, Ladner, and... Oh, Wilson. yeah. That's and Ladner. And what's yeah. the other one? It's not... Oh, okay. Ladner, Sawasan, yeah. and North Delta. <laughs> okay. Maybe. So it's not... Um, I learned something. Yeah, just out Langley there, you know, the Arthur Lang Bridge. I just saw it the other day. I never knew where that was. I hear it on traffic all the time. And then I'm like, oh, this is the Arthur Lang Bridge. <laughs> Going to the airport. I get it. Well, okay. You get out a lot, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have one route. <laughs> okay. All right. A one that's route a, woman. That's okay. right. Okay, John, you have a question yeah. for me, I understand, <laughs> from yeah. Delta. Are you from Delta? Is that what you said? <laughs> that's what I said. Okay. <laughs> all righty. Um, for all the men out there in Delta. Go ahead. Okay, I hope they're listening carefully because yes. the desensitizer yes. isn't isn't that working kind of against you? Because for men, unfortunately, we don't have that many erogenous zones, right? You do. What do you mean? Well, well I, I I think the major one is centered around the penis. And you think <laughs> that's a good well, guess? Wow, <laughs> you must be a brain surgeon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think a lot, <laughs> but. With with respect to that, yes. If it's desensitized in that area, mm-hmm. then um, aren't you kind of defeating the purpose as well? Well, you know, you make a good point, and that can happen, but it doesn't generally because things are so fast. You're not feeling anything anyway. So this is <laughs> the other option is to think of your mother-in-law. That'll certainly slow things down. Um, or, or to try and do multiplication tables. I heard that works real well, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> That'll do it. Um, but, you know, it will slow things down, and you may have to uh, increase the erogenous zones or the techniques. Uh, if that happens to you, it doesn't happen to all men, um, but... Um, then you may have to find some other erogenous zones to make the love be better and make things last help when when things are lasting longer wake right. up some of the other erogenous zones that you have okay that a man has um and suggestions would be to, to be honest <laughs> to be honest with you yes. i haven't really found any other than my mind and, oh really you know, a, a gentle i mean touch every now and again is really nice but it doesn't work to the degree that it works around the um, pubic area. Yes, uh, yes. So, but you know, you may um, find like blowing on pubic hair is uh, is something that may increase the sensation around the hair follicles. 
Right. So that yeah, can that can be helpful. That's a little tip. But Rub- now, if if you're using this desensitizing lubricant, yes, um, you're just using it on much- your penis. You're not using it on your pubic hair. No, 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 no. But but how much of the region actually gets desensitized? It is is it strictly just the penile shaft, or is there more? Uh, you know, spread a little bit. Most of the nerves are found in the glands or the the head of the penis or the tip of the right. penis, right? right? So, you know, you may um, put a little bit of lesser amount there and more on the shaft. Yes, mm. applying okay. that to the shaft would be right. um, far more helpful. Okay. Um, now, yes, I, I love okay, all your with, questions. Oh, great, good. Now, again, with respect to that, because you've got this uh, gel on the penile shaft and the head of the penis, and you've inserted it into the woman's into the woman, vagina. Yes. Is it now starting to desensitize well, inner vag- vaginal walls as well? Obviously, you are rushing things, John. You need way more remedial help than a one-hour show can give. Oh, God. Help me, help me, help me. Oh, no. <laughs> no you're already inserting things. Uh, well, Have you ever heard of foreplay? No, no, no. Oh, no. I, I do a lot of foreplay, but that's what I'm wondering. Like, How long does this product last? And then... Um, would it, even if it was 15 minutes of foreplay? Well, you want to apply it about 5 to 10 minutes before intercourse, okay? Okay. And use the smallest amount possible to achieve the best results. And that's with any medication or any medicinal type of thing. This is non-medicinal, but... um, So you always want to use the smallest amount. And you want to wipe off the excess before commencing intercourse. So this will (coughs) absorb into the shaft of your penis. And so you're not going to transfer that desensitization to her. And if she has a healthy vagina, Mm -hmm. that's also part of it as well. Her vagina has to be healthy. I don't know how old you are, but, you know, a woman's vagina can be unhealthy anytime. um, But the vaginal dryness can happen between, you know, beginning at age 31 and then all throughout life for women. So... You know, it's a concert, my friend. <laughs> Are you there, John? Did he hang up? Sure. Oh, you there? Yeah, oh, here. Yeah, so it's a bit of a concert. Right. Yes, okay. you must be in tune with each other. Did uh, you call to win the love package, by the way? Um, not entirely, but I mean, oh. if I did, that's great. Oh, okay. Well, it's up to you if you want oh, to. sure, I'd love it, yeah. I mean, it has that on it, right, or in it. It's in it. It's in it. I haven't put it on anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> It's, well, I tell you what, I'll try it and let you know. <laughs> oh, please do, actually. I love when people actually give me the feedback later and say, you know, it worked or it didn't work. I had some feedback on the Joy Gel that I um, that I have. But, uh, yeah, I'll read that email later. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so, right. you know what, you can pick this up. Can you come downtown? Because I can't do anything extra in my life. Oh, you can't? Darn, no. I was hoping you'd drop it off. <laughs> We're so far out of the, you know. You are so far away. Yeah, yeah, way out in Delta. Delta, where is Delta? I can come down. Yeah, you can pick it up here on the, uh, Matt, my uh, fabulous board op, will uh, instruct you, give you the instructions on where to pick it up. Sounds great. All right. And if you wouldn't mind, I I didn't know about the joy gel, so (laughs) I'll hang hang up. Yes. If you wouldn't mind explaining about that, maybe that would be something. I will. Beneficial Explain. Too. I don't have any joy gel. I'm sorry. I didn't have any to, at home to put in the bag, but maybe next week I will. Yes, okay. I will explain yeah. about right. joy gel for sure. Sounds great. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for the call, John. The show's over. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Almost over. Uh, we probably have to go to a break. Uh, yeah, we'll have to go to a break. And when I come back, Sean Seal 
uh, is in the studio with me. We're going to talk about my upper body strength. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the serious approach to sex. I'm Maureen McGrath. I am your hosting person. <laughs> Host is grammatically incorrect because I'm a woman. Uh, last time I checked. All woman. Anyway, uh, in the studio with me is all man, Sean Seal, and he is helping me to build my upper body strength. How does it look? <laughs> Looking great, Maureen. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Okay, I keep trying. I got this fancy new T-shirt, which is going to make me look even better. It says upside strength, a little ballerina on the back, lifting a barbell. Fantastic. That's so me. Uh, <laughs> when I go into the gym, nobody knows me, and I unless I speak. Yeah. And that's true. So it's nice. I am, I'm there. Nobody, nobody disturbs me because they're all into themselves. A lot of narcissists there, mm-hmm. as I mentioned before. Yeah. But uh, so let's talk about some of the stupid things people do at the gym. Sure. Uh, so to start off, I'd say uh, using the equipment for the wrong exercise. Right. Let's say... Um, well, it's uh, embarrassing. You go up to a piece of equipment and you're like, I want everyone here who's yes. not looking at me to know that I know how to use this. And then you try... I do that. And then you try and grab it and it's like, oh my God, <laughs> the thing's going to fall over and I have to get out of here. I'm so embarrassed. Okay. Uh, a big one is uh, you know curling in the squat rack. So doing bicep curls mm-hmm. in a place that is meant to be squatting heavy weights with the... You know, they have bars on the bottom to in case you drop the weight so you don't hurt anybody. Oh, you're not supposed to do that? Uh, no, okay. All right. <laughs> I won't again. I was really impressing them all. It's <laughs> it's fine if the gym's empty, but when people are waiting to squat and this is somebody's true. busy, you know, lifting five-pound dumbbells in there, it's, yeah, it's yeah. unfortunate. That's it's, a, it doesn't work. It's embarrassing. Yeah. So that, that would be a big one. Um, right. I think uh, not being clean in the gym. Well, you know, I watch them all because I've got a little obsessive compulsive disorder, mm-hmm. you know, which I like and uh, <laughs> I keep it. And, uh, you know, they're like not cleaning their their equipment off yeah. and they use it and then they go to another one and they, they don't even think about it. And then I have to go over and clean up after them. You know, mm-hmm. I'm cleaning yeah. up at home. I'm cleaning <laughs> up in the gym. You know, it's so not fair. Too much cleaning up. Yeah. We have way too much housework and gym work yeah. on, on us. So I'm trying to build strength and I find myself spraying equipment and wiping it down. And then I'm still grossed out by it because I've watched the guy be on it, you know. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think people would get more out of their gym time if they were if they thought a little bit more about the group aspect of it, you know, community. Uh, yes. Get in there, say hello to people. Just be nice. Mm-hmm. Share. You can share. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're sitting down for three minutes between your sets, mm-hmm. somebody else can work in with you. It's right. not a big deal. Uh, plus, they're probably texting anyway. So exactly. somebody else might as well use that piece of equipment. So, you know, just being nice, being a good person around That's the true. gym, mm-hmm. wiping your equipment, putting your equipment away. Yeah. These are all basic. I use a hoga mat, which I love. Yes. It's uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. It has its own towel, so it absorbs the sweat. I really don't sweat that much because I'm really not lifting that <laughs> heavy weight. And, you know, it's like half an hour. But I'm doing it. Yeah, that might change with the weather. This is true. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so I love my hoga mat because the towel is attached to the pad and it's mine and I don't have to go on anyone's gross pad that they've used before. Yeah. You know, even though I know the germs don't remain there, I know. Mm-hmm. I, I work in science. I, I know that. But still, my mind overtakes. Go ahead. What else? Um, Oops. Okay, dead yeah. air. <laughs> what, 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 uh, dead what are radio air. What are the things that bother you in, in the gym other than, you know, people not wiping down their stuff? Um, really, really wearing really inappropriate clothing. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you know, it doesn't matter yeah. how big you are, or whatever. But we have to look mm-hmm. at you. You yeah. know, like be conscious about you know, <laughs> it's Lululemon or nothing. No, I'm kidding. Um, but you know, like don't have your stomach hanging out yeah. or you know your 
crack hanging out yeah. <laughs> or things, you know, like re- really inappropriate clothing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, and, and for the same goes for women as well. And Matt has something to say. Matt, what, have you, what do you think? How about um, mirror selfies at gyms? Something oh my gosh, mirror selfies. Yeah. Uh, as I said, narcissists are there. Yeah, no mirror selfies. Too yeah. much texting and, and taking pictures. That's in, in right. Mirrors, yeah. Yes, yes. Or how about competing with the other person who's on the treadmill? How is that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I confess, I do it. I'm like, I, you know, I'm really not even a competitive person, but I'm yeah. just like, okay, look at her. All right. Yeah, well. Well, you know, going faster. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go faster. She's not even looking at my th- my <laughs> dial or whatever. She doesn't even care. She's got headphones on. And I'm just like, I am going to go faster than she is. You know, I think that's fine if you know. It's again depending on the on the person. It's fine if you do it for yourself and it it, it helps you to push yourself a bit more. I think where it gets dangerous is when people try to lift more than other people, even though they don't have, you know, the the experience, the the technique, and and the the, the ability to do it. Uh, basically, it. Just going into the gym and trying to lift too much weight right. uh, is is not going to be beneficial yep. to you in the long. And the same goes for not lifting enough weight, exactly. Uh, because you know, um, for the training adaptation to take place, you need to overload your body to some extent. So you need to lift more than you lifted before. And I need to push it to next week. And you're going to teach me next week how to do different exercises. Exactly. We'll have to switch it up a little bit every now and then because otherwise the body accommodates to, to what you're doing and, right. and it's going to stall a bit. And I'm getting comfortable and it's easy now for me. You know, I, yeah. I, I whip through my little stations and, yeah. uh, you know, and I do it all. I've added a few more on machines that I really didn't know anything about, okay. I have well, to say. We'll and look at them next next week. That's, okay. that's great. I think there's no, there's nothing wrong with, with trying something new as long as, again, you're cautious and, and, and you're using the right progressions, you know, going too heavy, too fast. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Sean. And thanks, so, Sean, Marie. how can people get in touch with you if they want to have you as their personal trainer and look like me? Absolutely. <laughs> they don't want to do that. <laughs> Believe you me. You want to look like you. You want to yourself. look like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, how can thanks, people look Marie. like you? <laughs> uh, UpsideStrength.com. Okay. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sean Seal. That's S-E-A-N-S-E-A-L-E. Uh, tweet at me anytime. Ask me questions. I'm happy to answer. Perfect. And that is when you'll be writing a blog about this tomorrow. And that is where I found you, which was on Twitter. Most of my friends are on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. I've never met any of them, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> except for you. <laughs> All right. So that's great. So coming up in the last half hour, the final stroke. Uh, here on the Sunday Night Sex Show. I guess I'm going to have to talk about Joy Gel. I'll just say it quickly what Joy Gel is for John. John out there. Um, Joy Gel is an all-natural product for uh, women's vaginas. It actually balances the pH because it has in it Estrogen is the hormone regulator of the vagina. Let me step back and educate you a little bit. So it's a hormone regulator. But as women who are pregnant or breastfeeding or postpartum or perimenopausal, menopausal, they get, may get vaginal dryness, and therefore they may get painful sex, and then they don't want to have sex because it hurts. And then the guy or the woman that they're with, whomever, doesn't want to have sex with them either because nobody wants to inflict pain on somebody. So together with a pharmacist, I developed Joy Gel. And I developed the name, too. Thank you very much. Um, but everyone's always like, yeah, I'll take the joy gel. It sounds great. But it's fabulous. It has in it uh, African yam, coconut oil, vitamin E, hyaluronic acid, which will repair tissues. Because when you don't have enough estrogen in your vagina, you might get thin tear, tears in it. You might get a little bit of bleeding, and it might be really painful. So joy gel can be applied two to three times to the vulva uh, per week, two to three times a week at night. And it's a moisturizer, and it'll just 
get your sex life much better, going much better and more sensation because when the vaginal tissues are healthy, you get more sensation. Okay, so that's Joy Gel. You can email me if you want some of that or it's available at Mark's Pharmacy out there in Delta. He's out at Scott Road and 80th, 120th and 80th, Scott Road, Delta. Anyway, uh, he's out there, so... That's so great with such karma. So we're going to be talking when I come back about narcotics, overprescription of narcotics, and just a little light porn for you. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I am hosting this show. I am Maureen McGrath. I'm a registered nurse in the area of sexual health and uh, all things sex and health. And I had one email asking me about uh, a television series that was porn-like that I had recommended a few weeks ago. And I often recommend for patients in my practice to watch The Affair. It's on Netflix. And it can be very arousing uh, for women in particular, in part because they're watching fabulous sex like three times in an hour. And the guy's hot, and uh, and they're cheating, and they're the rush, and the whole thing, and uh, so that's a safe beginner porn for a lot of women. And you know, let's face it, it's not a secret. Women watch porn. Why wouldn't we? We have sexuality just like men, and we do like to enjoy sex. We may not when you're yelling at us, but uh, otherwise, uh, we're good with it. Uh, but a lot of the porn is for men, and it doesn't necessarily cover women's expectations. So I just want to give you a quick review of some of some sites that you might uh, want to check out that may um, help you uh, to increase your arousal. XArt is a reference when it comes to beautiful erotic porn, and that site has hundreds of videos that have gorgeous uh, male models and um, having sex with women. So that uh, may be arousing as well. Erica Lust, of course, is an erotic filmmaker and writer from Sweden, and she runs an online erotic store and also Lust Cinema, so that's something to watch out for. Joy Bear, is uh, it aims at empowering women who like to enjoy their sexuality and vulnerability, and preferably with hot guys, which is always good. Um, So those are just some of them that I would suggest. I would, you know, three is always a good number, especially when you're talking about sex. Uh, And uh, so start with those three and then the affair and uh, see how you go. See if that helps your sex life. Also, then I just wondered, what do you think of um, Kirk Cameron, who is from Growing Pains, a former actor? I love when the actors get into um, educating the public about uh, something that they have obsessive compulsive disorder about, like Suzanne Somers and her whole menopause thing, which um, really did a tremendous disservice for a lot of women. Uh, And now we have Kirk Cameron, and he's on his Love Worth Fighting For marriage event. But some of his advice is questionable. Uh, For example, he says that wives need to, and I never even use this. It's going to be really hard for me to actually say this term, these two words, (laughs) S-U. Wives need to shut the the door. Anyway, I don't even like to say that because I think it's vulgar. Um, And he suggests that the husband take the lead and that wives need to shut the door again if he's messing up. 
uh, and that women should not be concerned about helping their husbands become vulnerable or wives should not be, if they're married to a man, should not be concerned about helping their husbands to become vulnerable, as Alistair Moose talked about or referred to earlier in the program. Wives should honor and respect and follow their husband's lead, not to tell their husband how he ought to be a better husband. Anyway, with information like this and messaging around this, I feel terribly sorry for his wife, who must be incredibly embarrassed at some of uh, these suggestions. She's actually um, a mother of six children. No kidding. Um, Anyway, so... Well, you've got to take some of this advice. Do what works for you, but uh, by no means, uh, in in terms of the relationship, should do I recommend anyway that uh, wives be submissive. Now, if we're talking about sex play and fun in the bedroom, dom domination versus submission, that's an entirely different story, and we can talk further about that a little bit later. But right now, I want to go to the drugs, and so I've kept Dr. Lawrence Yang waiting all night long because he was the only one who didn't bring me a present tonight, and he's pay- he's paying for that. He's suffering. No, I'm, sorry. I'm punishing you. I'm kidding, of course. Yeah, he did. He offered to take the shirt off of his back for me, right. and I declined. <laughs> um, take it off. No, I'm kidding. Uh, anyway, Dr. Lawrence Yang, thank you so much for joining me. Thank this is a me. very important issue. You are a reformed over-prescriber of narcotics. Reprogrammed. Okay. That's a better word. Uh, reprogrammed narcotics over-prescriber. That's right. And now you are on a mission to educate the public as well as physicians on uh, strategies to deal with chronic pain versus instead of just that automatic prescription, which a lot of doctors like to do because it's quick, it's fast, patients want it. They're like, give me the drugs. And they, you give them one drug and then they want the next. They want higher dosage, they want the next one, and next thing you know, they're on fentanyl. Anyway, so tell me about your passion That's here. Right. I, I think it's really appropriate that we're on a sex show because like, why is sex enjoyable? What do you, like, why do we pursue it so much? Because it's pleasurable. It's pleasurable. And what are the hormones behind that? Well, we have oxytocin, we have dopamine, we have the norepinephrine, and we have all of the neurotransmitters. And yeah, I can't, it's getting too hot in here. I can't take it. The endorphins, <laughs> right? And, and morphine, you know, morphine, the, the original term of it came from morphine, morphine or endorphin. It's an exogenous endorphin. Right. You know, it's a feeling of pleasure. Some, some, uh, some p- patients have, have described it as, as a feeling of a warm hug. You know, uh, you know, the problems of addictions often come from people feeling so disconnected with uh, their, their fellow man or fellow woman and, and feeling so lonely. And then so, you know, they try to escape in some of uh, some of that recreational use, which is, of course, a misnomer. But 50 percent of recreational use is actually self-medicating. Right. It's not recreation. I'm not doing it for fun. I'm doing it because I'm treating something that's this deeply painful inside me. Wow. Yeah. And what about the other 50 percent? Like, is there some recreational use or is it? Oh, yeah, of course, because. Uh, there are some people who don't suffer from uh, potential addictions, but then they're uh, just socially connected to a circle where where there will be opiates available, and then they'll, they'll unfortunately dabble in it and and not be prepared for for the uh, potential circumstances. As you know, uh, we're chasing these endorphins, but unfortunately, in this pharmaceutical form, these endorphins can lead to suppression of the breathing drive of the brain, and that's that's where a lot of people do die. That's right. Mm-hmm. We see that with fentanyl out there. Absolutely. Um, these days, with fentanyl, I'm not sure 100 percent where the source of this fentanyl is, but a lot of it seems to be from overseas. Somehow, it's being smuggled in and right. it's being used as a party drug, and uh, the numbers have doubled or tripled over the past four or five years, uh, according to coroner's reports, in terms of uh, the, the amount or the numbers of deaths of 
uh, relatively otherwise healthy people who have died and have found to have fentanyl in their in their blood. I think in 2015 it was about a hundred people, and and in, in nearby Alberta it was a 200. So even though relatively those numbers sound small, but it's a growing, growing concern. Oh, absolutely. One death is 100% to a family. Absolutely. So Now, you, you are a reprogram, so you were, you were reprimanded yeah. by the College of Physicians and Surgeons because yeah. you found yourself ripping off the prescription pads That's and writing right. the uh, prescriptions for these patients, feeling you were contributing to an addiction problem that right. uh, is rampant in. That's right. And one of, the, one of the forces that really pushes a lot of us healthcare prescribers to prescribe is that we have so other few of the resources. Of course, chronic pain is a complex disorder that comes along with anxiety and depression, and it has to be treated as such with, with what we call multimodal or multiple different tri- types of treatment. You know, physical therapy, stuff that Sean does, exercises, um, things that na- raise endorphins naturally and at a safe level. What are some of the things that raise endorphins naturally at a safe level? Cardiovascular exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm so proud of you for, for getting into the, this uh, workout, uh, working out. Thank with you. <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's the, it is the, the number one um, uh, modifiable action that you can take to increase your cognitive ability. Cognitive ability depends on cardiovascular ability. So uh, by, by you doing your workouts, you're improving your brain health, and you're seeing clearly, and you're being able to make decisions clearer. Yeah, and that's really what uh, taking care of people is about, is about pointing them, just like Sean is, uh, your trainer, to, to make healthier decisions. And unfortunately, when family doctors are strapped with, I have like 40 patients to see today, and then if I don't see them, they might get sicker, i got to see them today, and then they don't have the resources, they don't have the funding. You know, where I work, a lot of the patients can't afford to do a personal trainer. Right. They can't afford to. Physiotherapy is yeah, another expensive one. Yeah. Or counseling, because counseling is critical in chronic pain. That's right. you know pain affects every part of your life. It prevents you from enjoying sex. It doesn't put you, you're not able to get in the mood as much as other people are uh, who don't have chronic pain. So, well, about 16% of women under the age of 20, 29 experience painful sex. Mm-hmm. And also about 70 to 80% of women across the life cycle experience vaginal pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, pain, especially related mm-hmm. to sex, but also... Uh, in terms of arthritis, MS, uh, Parkinson's, you know, those are chronic pain conditions. Fibromyalgia is another one I often say, um, you know, it's a diagnosis of exclusion. They they don't know what you've got. You've got something else going on, and and Mm -hmm. likely it's driven by or Mm -hmm. um, anxiety belies that type of a condition. That's right. And so what I'm doing right now with the the practice support program, which is a program funded by Doctors of BC and the Health Authority and the Divisions of Family Medicine, is that we're trying to educate physicians about about pain and, and how to get them other resources that are that are affordable. Painbc.ca is, is a great website or a resource for concierge services almost for p- anybody suffering from chronic pain. Really? And yeah. so this so they don't have to go to the expensive physio, which can be like $150 a time? It, it, there will be some still some charges, and I'm not sure about if they'll get physiotherapy there, but they can yeah. get access to other resources. Like things, what, for example? Um, right. Things that could help them with um, day-to-day, day-to-day life, uh, socializing, support groups, okay. uh, these types of non-pharmacologic treatments that, right. that maybe don't won't cost as much. Um, education is the number one. We have to educate the patients more about how to cope with chronic pain. You know, the real in realistic terms, we can't really reduce pain by more than twenty to thirty percent if it's a, a true pain disorder, um, and uh, that's why we're drawn to this these drugs, these powerful opiates and opioids that that reduce the the pain significantly. But 
unfortunately, there's so many side effects tied into it. And, and why were you overprescribing? Yeah, because of these forces of where I didn't feel the, my patients had access to these other things. And also, I had a huge lack of knowledge about uh, the, the, the guidelines, the research behind it. So, you know, the, the research shows that after an acute injury, even if you break your leg, you should not have opiates for more than three days. Three days is probably the maximum. Three days. Three days. Yeah. And in terms of the dosage, it should never exceed 90 milligrams morphine equivalents because we have a lot of different um, opiate choices and opioid choices, but then we use morphine as our dose Absolutely. I, I, I have to confess to you, I love morphine. Um, I fractured my ribs once in mm-hmm. a pool, and I was given morphine, and I have to say it took the pain away. Mm-hmm. I went to sleep. I was my, my state of mind was not altered in any way. Mm-hmm. It helped me to breathe again. I think I took it one or two nights max. Mm-hmm. That was it on. I don't, I don't think I have an addictive personality. That could change at any time. Yeah. I understand that. But I do love morphine. I wanna, uh, we're going to go to break, but I do want to come back and talk to you a little bit more about this and about the college reprimanding you and what that was like for you. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. Thanks for staying here with me on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. If you have any questions about addiction or your prescription drug or your narcotic that you've been prescribed for a broken leg that's well healed and you're still on it two years later, give us a call. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Dr. Lawrence Jang joins me in the studio and he practices out in North Surrey in the Wally area. And uh, you were reprimanded by the college um, yep. You're doing great work right now, but uh, you're reprimanded, which must have been pretty tough that they found out about you. How'd they find out about you? Well, I'm doing better. I'm not, I wouldn't say, I can't say that I'm doing great work, but I'm doing better work. I'm oh. doing better, more informed work. So <laughs> you know, how they find out is that they actually have a uh, provincial uh, computer network system that monitors all the prescriptions going out. And my prescribing had a, a it, it, it rang alarm bells at the at their college. Uh, let's, let's and how many because. doctors in British Columbia um, ring alarm bells at the College of Physicians hundreds, and Surgeons. Hundreds. About hundreds, this yeah. issue. About this issue. And, and the reason is because we care. We, we think that we're treating the patient's pain and we're not looking at the side effects, the long term. We get drawn into the patient's emotions that come around with pain, you mm-hmm. know, the anxiety and everything, and their fear of withdrawal after they've been started on it. And then we get pulled into that uh, cycle of just continuing to feed that the prevention of withdrawal. Easier to give the med than counsel the patient around, let's withdraw. It's going to take some time. We're going to withdraw. You're going to wean off of it. You're going to have some symptoms. We're going to work it through. Uh, So there's no time for that. It's like 10 minutes. You have one problem. You can go into Mm -hmm. a GP's office these days. That's it. You bring in your one problem and you've got your 10 minutes and you're out of there. In our medical education system, nobody's teaching people how to wean these things properly. Exactly. I've got Mike on the line and Mike has chronic pain. Hello, Mike. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm fine, thank Great. you. You have a question yeah. for the doctor? Yeah, well, let me let me give a quick fill-in. I, I have a crushed T11. I crushed it probably 20 years ago, and I didn't know about it up until about four or five years ago. And then it turns out that I have a doctor that, um, when he was looking at me, he goes, do you know what Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is? And I said, yes, because my mom is positive I've had it for years. And he says, you do. And do you have any specialists or anywhere I can go with this? Because I found the, the, the pain clinics that I, the, I went to the pain clinic in Surrey, the new one when they first opened, and they really had nothing for me. Um, I could go on the, the opiates and stuff, but I've avoided them for all this time. Like I still have the same prescription I started with mm-hmm. like five years ago, and, and I want to, but I know I shouldn't. Um, all I really can do is like the aspirin and smoke a joint. <laughs> like, yeah. And you... 
You want this for the crushed T11 that you have, or the? I didn't hear the syndrome that you had. Sorry. It's Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. It's a con, um, a congenitive or a congenital defect in the collagen production in my body, making it's it a little bit too flexy. I see. Like, yes. I can yes. Dislocate my hips and stuff, very like easily. Right. So you want this for your T11 pain? Yeah. 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 Okay. And, and what is it's done is it's made my whole back really unstable. Like I could go to the chiropractor every day and have them put something back in or several things back in. And sometimes it hurts worse than others, but it's generally over a seven every day. And I just can't get away from it. Really, it just it haunts me constantly. Well, Mike, I'm like, so I don't sleep. I'm, I don't eat. Mm-hmm. I lost when it first really started hurting. I went from 187 pounds to 100. I think it was 127, and it took about six weeks. Wow. So yeah, the, the, everyone's looked at me and going, "You don't, you, you're not overly healthy, but I'm not dying or anything. But I'm just not really doing well, and I, I'm, I feel like I'm just kind of like slowly drowning here." Right. So, Doctor Yang, what do you suggest? Yeah. So I really want to appreciate you calling in, Mike. You know, you do, you're dealing with uh, a really big barrier in your life, you know, and we have to deal with it just like we spoke earlier with a balance of you know edu- education about the pain, uh, uh, psychotherapy, and and some pain management if it's appropriate. So. I hoped that you find a physician who can screen you for your risks of addictions and and the usefulness of various opiates and opioids in you in you how in your situation and it's highly possible that they're not useful the The research has shown that beyond three years, most opiates are not effective to to assist with pain i don't have yeah any... they just they make me feel funny i just i i mm-hmm. don't i don't feel the pain doesn't go away it just makes me feel sick and i just feel i just notice it less because i feel mm-hmm. ill all over I just and is what do you think of uh, smoking pot for? Yeah, I mean that's a, that's an evolving science, and and we do we do use it. We use marijuana and uh, potentially not in the inhaled form, but mm-hmm. some some of the by mouth forms, right? The tinctures, etc. And we usually uh, uh, we stick with the the Health Canada licensed producers. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, Mike, thank you so much. Is there a resource that Mike can go to to educate his own doctor about this? Yeah, definitely go into painbc.ca. I have, I have not I have no real relationship with them, but I found them to be an excellent resource, Mike, for for connecting you with other other specialists and maybe support groups for what you're going through. Okay. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, Thank you. It's, 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 it's an awkward one because the elders downloads, I, I find if a doctor, if you even suggest it, they go, they kind of give you a blank look for a second. Then they're like, I'll be back in a second. And mm-hmm. you can hear them rifling through the internet. Yeah, absolutely. And they come back and they tell you what it's all about. And you're like, I already knew all that. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for your call and hope those resources help. We're going to go to break. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath, hosting the Sunday Night Sex Show, where we educate about sex, intimacy, relationships, health, overall health. And tonight we're talking about addiction with Dr. Lawrence Yang, who has been reprogrammed to prescribe properly uh, narcotics and other opioid medication, which may lead to addiction in a lot of people. So what is the doctors need to be re-educated? The public needs to be re-educated. You can't do all of this work yourself, but you can spread the word. That's right. And what is the best uh, method to educate doctors about this? Yeah, so the, you know, patients... Who are in pain, they have to understand that opiates are not a not a good long term solution on mm-hmm. their own. That they have to be combined with other things. So doctors can get education from various continuing medical medical education sources. The college themselves provide excellent courses on on prescribing, where you can uh, role play and, and learn techniques on how to be be more careful with your uh, prescribing. And then also patients can go to painbc.ca again, and uh, that's. There's addiction courses. The Academy of Addiction Sciences uh, and Academy of Addiction Psychiatry is a great resource for that. 
Excellent. I cannot thank you enough. It's excellent information. I'm certain we're going to learn more about the evolving science of medical marijuana. Uh, that's another hotbed of uh, yeah. <laughs> issues. And uh, it's great work you are doing, even if you don't think so yourself. But, uh, no, it's fantastic. You know, everybody loves a comeback kid. That's right. And, uh, you know, it's too, you know, it can't have been easy to have been uh, reprimanded mm-hmm. by the college, of course. And then, but, you know, yeah. you were you were doing the best you could, given the information you had, and now you're doing even better. That's right. Uh, you know, you have to be open to criticism and learn from it, right? That's right. And, and use that and share it with others. I want to give a shout out to to Prince, you know, the memory, rest yes. in peace, you know, and they're they're looking into the causes of his death. And I know. I really hope opiates weren't involved, you know. That's we all uh, do. Yeah. I know. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Thank Yang. Thanks Good for luck with everything. It's great work you're doing, and we will definitely be talking to you again. And I'll be talking to you again when I. Oh, wait a minute! I got a quick call here on the line. I've got Paul on the line. Paul's in chronic pain too. Hello, Paul. Are you there? No. I guess. Oh, okay. Oh, Paul, I'm so sorry. I hope it wasn't heartache. Anyway, um, but you can call back 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You can email me sextalk at cknw.com. When I come back, we're going to wrap this baby up, I guess. So we, uh, no, we're, oh yeah, (laughs) this is it. Okay. This is it. (laughs) Um, I'm obviously not doing enough exercise. The cognition thing is not uh, working that well. Um, but anyway, I was looking for an email for you, but unfortunately I'm uh, having some, uh, connection problems tonight on the email, but uh, I had a great one in particular about joy gel. I also had uh, a question about uh, vaginal health, and it's a woman who um, has emailed me that she's had recurrent bacterial infections in of her vagina, and I asked her specifically if she's had a vaginal swab, and it's important to have a vaginal swab. I know this isn't like the loveliest conversation to wrap up the show. You'd rather be talking about sensuality, but uh, anyway, it's important, and I asked her the scent, and if it had a fishy scent, because a fishy scent needs flagell, so you have to make sure you are treated with the right antibiotic and, and get a swab and uh, and know that, because other people might just um, write a prescription quickly for Dallison, for example, and or a clinic and that may not work for that. So uh, that was, um, I know, one of the emails. And then, of course, I had the other email. But anyway, nonetheless, next week we're going to be talking about how to say no, how to stand up for yourself, more about those erogenous zones. Go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. Follow me on Twitter at Back the Number Two The Bedroom. And remember, on May 28th, I'll be at the TEDx Stanley Park talking about the sexless marriage. And when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I'm Maureen McGrath. You've been listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show.